Greetings from the other side. Hi, Filers. Good that you could join us. Might as well, right off here, first thing from the top, go ahead and tell you about some places that if you want more high files, uh, content that will be coming in the future, or just more podcast, mind-expanding content. Uh, we've got some things for you. High Files is now on Twitter. You can follow the show, myself, Jordan Wakefield, at High Files. Uh, it's pretty simple to find. And then for some of the other shows on the network, the Onyx Edge Network, visit uh, onyxedgestudios.com, and that's your one-stop shop kind of a portal for all things weird and wacky, including high files. Uh, with that out of the way, I wanted to say that today's a great day. It's Father's Day. Uh, my daughter just got baptized, and I thought that uh, in honor of such a great day and the fact that it is Father's Day, let's make this a father-centric episode. So what I did quite a while back, actually, is my wife and I had to sit down and kind of ask ourselves the question, when it comes to altered states of consciousness, should you ever be in certain altered states around the children? And so what I did kind of as a thought exercise was think, okay, well, the fact that the state is altered is very generic. It doesn't describe in what way a state is altered. Now, if I use a substance like alcohol, my state will be altered in one way. If I uh, go without eating for two days, I will have an altered state. Probably be cranky, right? There's all sorts of things that you put into your body or withhold from your body that alter your consciousness. Heck, coffee. I found myself getting cranky uh, just from having too much coffee and being jittery. So what I did in this thought exercise was instead of saying, should I be in an altered state, uh, what is that altered state? And the, the real question focuses around uh, the use of marijuana. So I asked myself, well, what are the characteristics of my state when I've used marijuana? And the answer the answers kind of come forth like this. Uh, stress levels are lower. Uh, I feel overall happier. I laugh more. I laugh more naturally. It just comes out. Um, I'm more in the present moment. I think that's the biggest uh, thing to think about when it comes to what marijuana does to me. I used to think that everything was more intense, but really it's everything that I shifted my focus to was more intense, and I enjoyed it more thoroughly. Like, people say, oh, you know, food tastes awesome when you're on weed. Well, that's because when you're eating something, you're kind of fully enveloped in that experience. So if these are the characteristics of my altered state under marijuana... And as long as I can do this safely, where there are adults that aren't under the influence, I asked myself, just because marijuana and uh, that particular altered state has gotten a certain stigma from uh, the outrageous drug war that's been raising, raging through this country against its own people for so long, should I let that stigma hold me back from enjoying a tiny puff in the evening when my kids are home and still be around them well 
at the end of this episode, you will get to be the judge of that. I have already judged for myself because this already happened. Uh, but without spoiling anything, I'll just say that uh, the experiment took place around my kids, around the dinner table. We weren't eating, but we were sitting at our dinner table. Um, and then later, I started recording briefly when I went to tuck my daughter into bed. Uh, so those two little snippets are what you're about to hear. And like I said, I won't give anything away, but it's something that I think people should be talking about, even if you only talk about it in your own family. So here we go. Happy Father's Day. Can I ask you some questions? First, I'm going to go to my room, lock the door, and run to the end of my mind. You said that on the last podcast you were on. Well, not the last one. The last one was the Alice in Wonderland thing. Yeah. That right. you were on. Um, I, hey, I was wondering, you guys, what... If you could only choose one fun thing to do for the rest of your life, what would it be? Um, swimming. That's a good one. Uh, um, video games? Yeah, that is not a surprise at all. Next. Um, Alright, this question for Conan. What? Reading is good. Very good. I could probably read if that was the only thing I could do for fun. I could probably do that for the rest of my life. I like to read. You guys know that? Yeah. Yep. How do you know that? Because I see you read a lot. You see me reading a lot? Do you know that I read in front of you sometimes on purpose? Yep. <laughs> do you know why? I get, I get it because you love to read. I love to read, but you know why I make sure I do it in front of you guys? So, that, so you can show off? No. So that when you guys grow up, oh. you'll love to read because I set the example for you. Can I read on the podcast? Can I read the night before first grade? You can read one page of it, or no. you can read a poem. You want to read a oh. Shel Silverstein? Oh, I want to read. Got Conan. Go get Shel Silverstein. No. No, for I'm me, I want to look at it. That's fine, Conan. Can you go get Shel Silverstein? For no, me? it's right there. Can you get it for me? Let's read Shel Silverstein because I found out recently because <laughs> I hadn't read any Shel Silverstein. So when I read it as an adult, man, there's some crazy meanings you can derive uh, from these poems, and sometimes I think they're they're pretty true about the meaning. Um, well, anything that you can extrapolate from the words of a poem into a concept of life, then I think that's worth something. So I'd like to read, actually, Where the Sidewalk Ends. Do you know what page that's on, buddy? Uh, look in the index. Which is about right there. This, okay, T's. Oh, indexes are good. I mean, W, W. Yeah. 64. Page 64, good job. 
index sure speeds things up, doesn't it? Yep, 64. I went to page 96 for some reason, probably because I'm stoned. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you don't know what that word means. Yes, I do. What's it mean? I don't know. <laughs> what does it mean in, in the Bible? Do you know what it means in the Bible? Have you ever heard it in the Bible? No. Oh, it means that somebody broke the law, but instead of going to prison back then, and these were some interesting laws, let's just put it that. Is it the uh, uh, John John the Baptism? John the Baptist didn't Just, get stoned. He got his head cut off. I knew that. He went to you didn't execution. Know that, Heidi? Yeah, we watched that video. Remember that fiction one? Duh. No. You were a baby. You were like three. Was four, it a cartoon? Five. Yes, it was a cartoon. Okay, sit and have a seat. I don't remember. That's okay. Um. Yeah, it's okay. Anyways. Stoned, and that the other meaning means you throw rocks at somebody until they die. Yes, why are you smacking me? All right, Heidi would like to read a page from the night before first grade. A book. Not not the whole thing, okay? The night before first grade. Somebody, somebody, somebody. Yeah, hi, hey, can we tell the listeners at home that you just graduated kindergarten? Oh, yes. I forgot to tell you. And, yeah, her, and, and her teacher uh, gave her. Six Flags. The night before first grade as a as a book. Oh, and a pass to Six Flags. Yeah! The night before first grade by somebody, somebody, somebody. Excuse you. <laughs> Goofball. Lock your hands and zip your lips. I mean, one, two, three. Eyes on me. All right, we got it, Mrs. Lock Taylor. Zip your Connor, are you stoned? <laughs> yes. Alright. He's not. <laughs> Stop laughing. Twas the night before first grade. I kissed my dog, Clover. School is starting... Tomorrow. Tomorrow, because summer is over. <clears throat> Into my book bag went markers and pens. I hung my new outfit. It matched my friend Jen's. So she's excited about her friend? Alright, can we take a pause and I'll do the poetry? Yeah, let's take a pause. Alright, I'm going to do the poetry, okay? Guys, this is uh, where the sidewalk ends. And I didn't know it when I was a kid, but when I reread this poem as an adult, it sure sounds an awful lot to me about to be about death. What do you guys think? I'm going to read it and then you tell me what you think. Okay, Heidi? And Conan? Yes. There is a place where the sidewalk ends, and before the street begins, and there the grass grows soft and white, and there the sun burns crimson bright. And there the moon bird rests from his flight to cool in the peppermint wind. Dad, I want you to look at the clouds. What about them? They're moving really fast than usual. Yeah, they're, they are moving fast. It's been a very stormy day, but a very beautiful day. Yeah. Because there's been all sorts of different cloud formations. That's not tornado um, moving clouds. But they often leave for my supercell, so there's no supercell in there. There's definitely not a supercell out there. You're right about that, son. I knew that. Um, but maybe 
maybe a tornado would hit us and we all three will die. And then think about that, get in that frame of mind, and I'm going to read the next uh, stanza, okay? Let us leave this place where the smoke blows black and the dark street winds and bends. Past the pits where the asphalt flowers grow, we shall walk with a walk that is measured and slow. Sounds like being in the present moment to me. And watch where the chalk-white arrows go to the place where the sidewalk ends. Yes, we'll walk with a walk that is measured and slow, and we'll go where the chalk-white arrows go, for the children they mark, and the children they know, the place where the sidewalk ends. What do you guys think about that? Do you think that had anything to do with dying, or do you think I'm totally wrong? It's possibly about dying because you just walk and walk and you don't notice the arrows or the edge of where the sidewalk ends. So you may be walking and then you're at the end and then you could slip on a puddle or fall on, fall by tripping on a rock and boom, your life's over. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Or your life can end at any time. Like you're focusing on what's in front of you but looking down. Because you're just like this and you can also see what's in front of you. So if you're walking and you look at the um sidewalk, some people die from looking at the sidewalk when they're walking because you Possibly take one more huge step and you just fall right off the edge. That's true. Have you thought about... That's very true. Have you thought about this? Um, the sidewalk is your life. In some... This is the funny part about it because in some shows, you they walk off the edge and they're, there's like this invisible platform that makes it look funny. They walk and they Oh, yeah, they, they stay in the air for like a second, look at you and blink, 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 like and I just And they look walked. down and then they start to, they either wave goodbye or start to panic and then they, they sometimes want to run on midair and then they just fall. So, listen to this, back on topic of it being a metaphorical sidewalk, what do you think if the sidewalk is supposed to be your life? And where the sidewalk ends is the day that you die. That could be possible. So who do, what do you think the chalk white arrows are then, if the sidewalk's your life? I think the chalk white arrows that your life is moving forward and you can't stay in that square forever. That's absolutely true. You can't live in the past, or at least you shouldn't. You can't. You can't keep on... You have to let go of the past and... Hold on, Conan's on doing a headstand. <laughs> Good job, Conan. Roses are red and I'll pose on my head. <laughs> <laughs> now that was a good one. Oh, are you? can you put your legs up like in that yoga book? Oh. <laughs> I think I can try. Hold, hold on, you have a bun on your head. Yes. You probably shouldn't try that right now. Okay. So the chalk white arrows, is that what we're talking about? So as in the chalk white arrows mean that it's arrows that keep your life going and you can't you can't hold on to the past anymore. You keep on moving to every each box. Like you one box is part of your life. 
And when you get to the middle of the sidewalk, that's the second quarter of your life. And when you get to the end, that's the third quarter of your life. And when you start at the beginning, that's the first quarter of your life. I so, think you're missing a quarter. Quarter has four parts. Oh. If you're going to quarter something, that means to cut it into four parts. Yeah, it's called four But fourths. let's try to do that to life. Let's think about that. Okay, so you have being a kid. Going spine. I know. So you have, have you have being a kid, which is pretty fun. Would and you agree? You Let's take a vote. Who thinks being a kid's fun? Me. Oh, that's think- unanimous. That's unanimous, folks. All right. So you have being a kid, and then you have what's next? Being. A- I, I think it's being a parent. Being a a teenager. Being a teenager. Well, I, th- I would say that a teenager is still considered a kid if you're going to cut life into quarters. Being a parent? So yeah, most people be parents. So let's just say being an adult. How about that? So being a parent. <laughs> so being a kid, being a parent. And then I was going to say being a senior citizen. You know, being a senior citizen. Like grandpa. And then being an old, old lady or man. Yeah, and I was so going to say I was going to say being forgotten. Or be do you oh, notice that we for- forgotten? Do you notice that we forget old people? Yeah, just like being. That's you know that's kind of sad. Like nanny, uh, she's in her nineties, almost going to be a hundred soon, and uh, our teacher's ninety nine. Yeah, well, I don't think nanny's ninety nine, but we we only get to see her like once a year because our lives are so busy. Yeah. It's like a picnic table. Wow. She, the wicker on these chairs made an impression on Heidi's skin, and she just got <gasps> enthralled by it. Oh, Isn't that cool? No! No! Very good, Conan. <laughs> Very good, Conan. You did it for a long time. And, yeah, she, we're just been completely enthralled in this waffle pattern that's on her uh, skin now. It's like I'm going to turn into a no! waffle. What kind of waffle will you be? A Belgian waffle? Um, let's think about that. Do you guys, yeah, do you guys remember when we were in Texas and they had waffles that were shaped like Texas? (laughs) And they were huge. I know, I know about this big. Because everything's bigger in Texas. Hey, Conan, since you're trying to stand on your head, what's that poem in here about standing on the head? Sitting on the head. Yeah, can you, uh, find that for me? Back to... Go ahead, go the night that's called the loser. Yeah, find it, find it. back to the night before first grade. It's easy to find. Page twenty-five. Um, Conan, you're the meditator. You're good at meditating. You told me one time what you see when you meditate is you just jump into a black hole, and that's actually pretty cool because a lot of forms of meditation, the goal is to get rid of all your thoughts and just. Can you guys imagine that? Hold on. I'm going to stop talking, and right the instant that I stop talking, you will have no thoughts. Are you ready? Right now. You had a thought that came right after it, but did you feel that space where you had no thoughts? Yep. That space, like jumping into a black hole, is what the whole thing is about, to try to have an empty mind. It's like... I think... Go ahead. It's like sometimes you feel like meditating or you feel calm 
and peace and relaxful and then suddenly you start to meditate and then when you really see, see your inner life you just forget about things but only think of things that are nice and meditate. Yeah, and that's because I think that meditation gets us closer to God, to be honest with you. The more we can empty our minds, we can be filled by the Holy Spirit. I think that uh, I think that's true. So, let's listen to this poem by Shel Silverstein. I happen to think it's about meditation. You yeah, guys tell me what you think. Ready? It's called The Loser. It's called The Loser. Mama said I'd lose my head if it wasn't fastened on. Today, I guess it wasn't. Because while playing with my cousin, it fell off and rolled away, and now it's gone. And I can't look for it, because my eyes are in it, and I can't call to it, because my mouth is on it. Couldn't hear me anyway, because my ears are on it. Can't even think about it, because my brain is in it. So I guess I'll sit down on this rock and rest for just a minute. Here's where I think, what do you guys think about that? <laughs> we should have paused longer, I think, because... Yeah. So, when the, when the sitting on the rock thing comes to the end, it's like you sit on the rock and meditate. You're still thinking in your mind. Well, he has no head. Things, and yeah. you're thinking about, like, God or the path that's ahead of you and the... In a life you're gonna have. For me too, I think the less or the more you can slow your thoughts down, those good feelings or those good thoughts, I think are good feelings. I think you can feel stuff more deeply when your mind is quiet, and that really connects you to what's important in life. It's like jumping in a black hole and you're feeling like a blossom with God. I, oh, Heidi, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. That's a poem. So, here's where I think the poem turns. Uh, he says, he gets you to imagine if somebody had your head, right? And at first you're like, that's kind of silly, but I can picture it in my mind. And then he says you can't look for it because your eyes are in it. And you're like, yeah, I guess you couldn't. And then your mouth, so he goes through all the senses that you have. And then he goes through your... But you can't feel it. But you um, can't see anything. Yeah, so you imagine... So you, like, have to, um... Like, you... You do your best, and... It doesn't even say feel it. And... I know. I know it doesn't like say feel, feel ground, but... But you try and look for it, and if you... Here's one of the senses that are really helpful. If you find this round rock, uh, that, is, that is the size as a head, feel it, you have the nose... Feel it. You could possibly feel the lips or ears. I bet you could and use... And then you could feel the hairy eyebrow. Uh-huh. I bet you could use your sense of feel. So, but what I think he's doing is getting rid of the senses. It gets you to imagine losing your senses, being deaf, being blind, being mute. And you can imagine all those because it's pretty easy. But then he says, can't even think about it because my brain is in it. And then it, like, instantly, what he's trying to say is... If you can imagine all your senses going away, it makes it so much easier to imagine your thoughts going away. And then it's just kind of like, oh, right? Yes, kind of like you're meditating and... Yeah, that's why, Conan, you're the master of meditation. What do you think about mind. that? Yeah. <coughs> well, come here. Do you think I'm right? Or do you think, did you hear the poem that's in a different me. way? 
What was that first option? I said, do you think uh, I'm right, or do you think there's a different meaning to the poem? <laughs> you want to read me one of your favorite poems? Mm, sure. All right, which one are you going to pick? Let's see. Have you heard of Tiny Melinda May, who ate a monstrous, monstrous. monstrous whale? She thought she could, and she said she would. So she started in right at the tail. And everyone said, you're much too small. But that didn't bother Melinda at all. She took little bites and chewed very slow, just like a, like a good girl should. And in 89 years, she ate that whale because she said she would. Wow. What do you guys think that one's about? It's like, um, I think it's about sometimes when you have, uh, there's a thirst or there's a drought in the land and the only thing you can see, you can eat or drink is probably bottles of water that are in your fridge or if it's still old and... Other things, you can catch fish, you can... If there's a drought? So you think that might have been somebody living in a drought? Mm-hmm, like desert or something. Yeah. Okay, you can catch fish, eat a whale that that was like in the book, and you could possibly... Heidi, do you know what a drought means? Drought means... Oh, there's one reason of drought. Yeah, if there's no water, how are you going to find the fish? <laughs> yeah, drought is... It's still in an earthquake that... Oh, okay. So a drought is an earthquake that dries up a lake. It's like cracks in the ground. It, that can happen. A dr- that's true if it's something dried up, but usually people say that a drought is when it stops raining for a long time. That's a drought. That may be one description of the word. I know, but I'm saying most people, if you say drought, are going to think of no rain. Okay? So a dried up lake because of an earthquake that drained it, they're probably not, that's not going to be the first thing that comes to mind. Um, so now you know more about the word. But sometimes that can happen in real life. Like, that doesn't concern me. What doesn't concern you? Stuff that happens in real life? When you have to finish, a, finish food. And like years, that doesn't concern me. Do you guys think that it might be touching into a kid's feelings? Because parents are always making kids eat all their food, aren't they? And make them... forcing. Yeah, forcing. How do you feel about that? I don't like the way how, like, they, like, the kid's sick or has asthma and they have to eat. And they're like, I feel really sick because... I feel really sick because I have asthma, cancer, or something, fever. And then the parents just go and yell, like, eat your food or finish your drink or something like that. that. That's a lot of sicknesses that you just came up with as a reason not to eat. Um, I don't think you're sick, but I do know what I think is that in the past I've gotten after you guys and I've even yelled at you guys when I've gotten frustrated with you not eating. And I want to say I'm sorry. Yep. Because... Yes, you weren't eating, 
and you probably could have made a better effort at some of the vegetables, but I could have made a better effort at not getting so frustrated and worked up about something that you weren't going to, nothing bad was going to happen to you. Okay. And you know what? I think that came from Conan. We had a really hard time keeping you fed when you were a baby because you didn't like to eat. And you didn't like to eat when you were a toddler either. But now I love to Yeah, now you're eating good. But that's, your mom and I tried really hard. So uh, sometimes, yeah, I was just going to say it taps into that past feeling a little bit. Um, but I should have. I, sh I should have been more in control, and for that, I'm sorry. All right? I hey, I love you guys. Thanks for being on my podcast. Can you guys say goodbye to the listeners at home? But can and we... And on the road? But, but one real quick thing. Can we finish the rest of our The Night Before First Grade book? Just for a good ending? Sure. You don't remember that one? That one's a... That's a sound... That's ding, a, ding, dee, 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 ding. Yeah, it's like a sound effect they did with letters. Da -da 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 -ding, or dee -dee -dee -ding, or something like that. Da -da -da -ding, rang, rang the school bell. We made such a clatter as we ra raced. Raced? Um, yes, raced. Very good. Raced to our classroom. Then Jen said, What's the matter? Very good, Heidi. You're nailing it. Go ahead. We sat side by side and made and made okay. pictures with pictures noodles. with noodles. Ron, are you still doing yoga over there? Yeah. Good. Do one that helps you uh, touch we, your toes. We laughed. We, Want me to pick one for you? So, we both made noodle poodles. No, I got. I have one for you. Heidi, this is what you have to look forward to when you grow up. Oh. Don't look forward. It's a trap. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> it beautiful? Hey, Stop trying to make oh, it Oh, you guys loud. are recording. Yeah. Yeah, it's a podcast. We're almost finished. Our new friends were twi twice. How does it spell? It's twins. Yeah, very good. Our new friends were twins. And though school just begun, I know first grade will be twice as much fun. <laughs> Good job for the amazing Heidi. Bravo, you clap too. What's that? Scared. scared of what? Tomorrow. Tomorrow, what do you think is going to happen tomorrow? I don't know what's going to happen. Well, what, what makes you feel scared? Or describe the scared to me. Can you tell me what kind of a scared it is? Leaving home. A leaving home scared? Now, are you scared because you think that 
where you're going is a great mystery or because you're scared of what might happen to your home while you're gone? Which part? Both parts? The one you just said. You think something might happen to your home while you're, while you're gone? Mm -hmm. Okay, well come here and let's talk about something. So, have you ever heard... What? That's for me. Have you ever heard the saying, home is where the heart is? No. Okay, so people will say home is where the heart is. They say that when you're traveling. Oh. And the reason they say that when you're traveling is because home is a feeling, right? Little Miss Brownie says she's scared too. Your stuffed animal's scared too? Okay, so if uh, home, is home a place or a feeling? Like you've lived in two places, right? Washington and Missouri? Mm-hmm. Do you, would you say they're both your, that were your homes? I don't say that, but Washington's but when, not my home anymore. But when you lived there, it was your home, right? Mm -hmm. So you can have more than one home, right? Yeah, but somebody moved into our house, and why did we even It's move? okay. It's okay. I'm, I'm building up to a point here. So we'll talk about why we move later. Now listen. I want to move again. We might move again. You never know. But guess what? The, on this road trip, it's kind of like moving for a little while every night. Or at least every other night. So think about this. If you've lived in two places and you can call them both home, then home is not the walls or the ceiling or the carpet. Home is how you feel, right? My home is gone right now. What? Why do you say that? I don't get to see it again. Oh, yes, you do. But it's okay because who, or what I'm trying to say is, if home is how you feel, it's about the people you're with and the relationships that you have, including your relationship with God. That's I'm why they... I'm take my earrings out and put no, no more back in because I want to buy new ones in New York. Let's, you can change them when we get them in New York, okay? I probably might be able to change them now or... Yeah, well, let's save it. It'll be a special occasion. That's okay. I guess you're already... You're, so now you're okay with the trip. I was getting building to a point, but your understanding shifted and you thought of New York as a good thing, right? So are you still worried about the trip? You'll be with me, right? Yeah, but kind of, because I won't see my cat. I won't see my stuffed animals. Do you want Nona to take a picture of them when she comes over? And send it to us. I'll ask her, okay? If you remind me tomorrow, I'll call her and, and I'll ask her. And a cat. That's what I say, yeah, cats and stuffed animals. We can talk more about home being where the heart is. Wait, another time, okay? I don't want to sleep in here. I know, but we talked about this and you're going to. Did you brush your teeth? Yeah. Let me smell. Uh, go do it again. I did. I did it two times. I know, but use toothpaste. I did. Well, could have fooled me. Big clumps. <laughs> I did not fool you. I'm telling you. Did you floss? You. Yes. Good. Well, do your teeth feel clean? Mm-hmm. 
Are you gonna miss soccer? Now that it was her last soccer game, I guess so. I was just curious. Well, the reason I asked is so I can know if you want to do it again. So if you're gonna miss it, I guess that means you want to do it again, huh? No, I wanna. I wanna play. I wanna play baseball because soccer's more complicated. Hmm. You'd be surprised. Baseball's pretty complicated too. Softball. You might be good at running track. That's where you have like races, running races. I am not jumping. I didn't say jumping. I said running. The thing where they do this, the hurdles. Yes, over. I hate that. It's pretty scary, isn't it? It makes you trip and fall. It is a little scary. Hey, all right, I'm gonna go ahead and tuck you in, okay? Mm -hmm. And we're gonna have fun on the trip tomorrow, right? <laughs> and little Miss Brownie can come if she wants. I'm just gonna miss her. Oh, Dad, I, I remember the time where Froggy had surgery. What happened to Froggy's belly? It had a big hole and I stitched it up. I know, but how did it get the big hole? Did somebody shoot Froggy? Yes, and he, I held direct pressure on it and did I stitched him back up. You held direct pressure on it and stitched him back up? That's awesome. Good first aid. Let me ask you a question. Did Mr. Froggy uh, owe anybody money? Did he owe anybody money? The one person did. He owed one person money? Was he too friendly with anybody's Mrs. Froggies? What do you mean by that? I'm just trying to find out why he, how he got shot. He... Who shot him and why? They were driving, there was this mean... There was this mean frog. You ever who made driving? A, there was he a mean made frog. a. Then he a made a finger gun, and then. He made a at, finger gun. And then after that, he held up a real gun and shot Froggy. So then, oh, so he taunted him with the finger gun, and then he pulled out a real gun and shot him. For, but why? He's a mean man. Oh, just, just a renegade, huh? Alright. And then I found him. And I started what I did. That's awesome. That is awesome. Alright, I love you, Heidi. I'm going to tuck Froggy you in. likes to sleep in boxes and dark corners. Good night. If they can hear you, say good night to the audience. Good night. No, it's not much, but it's the best I can do. My gift is my song, and this one's for you. Tell everybody This is your song It may be quite simple But now that it's done I hope you don't mind I hope you don't mind That I put down the words How wonderful life is While you're in the world But there's another side to it as well. Because if you look at what's happening with this burgeoning number of children being diagnosed with this or that disorder, not all of them were abused. Many of them were not. But what's going on? 
Well, as D.W. Winnicott, the great British child psychiatrist, pointed out, there's two things that can go wrong in childhood. First of all, when things, go, things happen that shouldn't happen, and that's the abuse and the trauma. And secondly, when things don't happen that should happen, and that's the presence of non-stressed, non-depressed, emotionally attuned, available caregivers. That's not available in a country where the average maternity leave is six and a half weeks. That's not available where kids spend most of the time away from the nurturing adults in their lives in the company of other kids so that they're forced to look to each other as their attachment figures. The desperation of kids to always connect. The sense of disorientation they feel when they can't connect with their friends by some electronic means. It's not a technological problem. It's an attachment problem. Those people, those kids have been disconnected from the adults in their lives because the adults are not there for them. They can't be. They're too stressed. And there was a study a few weeks ago that showed that stressed parents, not unloving parents, but stressed parents simply are not as attuned to the emotional cues of their kids as they like to be. And that's what the, the psychologist formerly at UCLA, Alan Shore, calls proximal separation. Proximal separation is when the parent is physically there but emotionally unavailable because they're too stressed and too distracted. And that's what my children experienced when they were small because I was a workaholic physician. And this society rewards workaholism. They tell you what a great guy you are. They reward you for the very things that undermine the health of your family. And for a lot of people it's not even a question of a choice. When under the sainted and behaloed Bill Clinton, the uh, the welfare laws were changed so that mothers could have only a number of years on welfare, then they had to go to work. Now where exactly does a single welfare mother go to work? Well usually at a low paying job far away from home where she has to commute for an hour or two. And all that time that she's working and all that time that she's commuting, her child is in some daycare, inadequately staffed, with undertrained uh, personnel. But what is that, who does that kid got to connect to then? The other kids. And the children become each other's uh, uh, connection uh, foci. Now that means that for the first time in history, you have large numbers of kids, immature creatures, getting their modeling and their cue giving and their sense of direction and sense of values and how to walk and how to talk from other immature creatures. But what do you expect in that culture but all kinds of dysfunction? <laughs>